we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. And welcome to a very special episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker and on this episode we're going to be dropping in on the superb Northern Power Women celebration event. It was held on the 8th of May at KPMG in Manchester. Thank you to everyone who came. We really, really hope you enjoyed the great KPMG hospitality as well as the conversation and the networking too. Now, we had two great discussions on the night about work-life balance and well-being and gender diversity in the workplace. And as you can imagine, they both got really lively. But we started the evening with a welcome from Nicola Quell from KPMG and an address from the founder of Northern Power Women, our very own Simone Roche, MBE. I just wanted to start by um, saying welcome... um, Delighted that so many of you could join us this evening. My name's Nicola Quayle. I am the Office Senior Partner for KPMG here in Manchester and proud Northern Power woman. As I know many of you are all proud future power women. So it's great to see so many people here tonight. It's great to see so many people supporting the Northern Power Women cause or initiative or campaign, whatever we want to call it. But... I think we're all out in force to support um, Simone and all she's achieved over the last couple of years. I think this is the third time we've hosted your celebration event, um, and I'm sure you all agree that the event has just got better, bigger and better um, every year. So we are very proud to be a supporter of Simone's. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, Welcome to KPMG. Um, Relax, enjoy. There's plenty of drinks. There's some canapes later, so please do stay around to network after the podcast. But for now... Thank you very much to Simone and all she does, and welcome to Simone. Welcome, welcome to all of you, and thank you first and foremost. Can you you hear me at the back? I hate hate that question. Should I stand up here then? Because I am short, aren't I? If you want (laughs) to. Just saying. Is that better? Sarah, can you see me at the back? Now, I'm a bit worried. Sarah's due a baby. What? You're due to, to go on maternity next week? Okay. Nicola, we've done a risk assessment, it's all good. Uh, my, my name's Simone, I'm the founder of Northern Power Women, and you are all really, really welcome um, to tonight's third uh, Northern Power Women celebration event. Uh, I'm so grateful for the ongoing support that we have from the KPMG Massive. Uh, not only do you support with this great gathering, and the great thing I love about this gathering is that um, you can change sectors, you can change jobs, you can, in fact, we, we did get one of our futurists, I think, this year, notified us that they couldn't attend because they'd moved to Australia. I thought that was a bit extreme, but, you know. but the great thing is that she will still be a Northern Power woman. Uh, woman. It doesn't matter, you know, you can change and move on, but you're always part uh, of, this, of this gang, of this campaign, and you are all very, very welcome. It was also the second year, second anniversary since we launched our podcast. So um, later on, um, in about the next 10, 15 minutes, we're going to be having two podcast chats. So we've got four of our fantastic alumni who are going to have some conversations, which will go on to the Northern Power Women podcast channel, um, which will be episode 25 or 26 or something like that. We reached the best part of 20,000 um, subscribers uh, globally, and it, it does go globally, uh, which is just shows you the, the reach that we have across all the power women. And we always talk about different things. We don't always talk about gender. We talked, I think at the very first one, Marion, you were on that. I think we talked about, I think the opening question was, should we just not get over the fact that the Northern Powerhouse is just a suburb of London? That did not go down well. <laughs> not at all. But we always think about Northern Power Women about starting conversations. Um, and I know there's many of you here this evening that don't know each other or maybe didn't come the awards or haven't been in this environment before, but you are all welcome. Please talk to strangers. They're, on the whole, 
on the whole, would you say? <laughs> Include myself in that. We're a friendly bunch, and we're here to support, we're here to help, we're here to collaborate, we're here to, to make mischief. So make the most of the community, because everybody wants to help and support, and that's why we created this environment. So whether you're in the powerless, whether you're a winner, whether you're commended, future, it doesn't matter. Just start those conversations, because you never know what mischief may come from it. Um, in fact, I've just, I've just heard some... Um, Kristen, where are you? Oh, yeah. Just just proudly come in on our future list this year and just told me that just been shortlisted for two European awards, uh, Mechanical Engineer of the Year. Is that right? I, I, I got it nearly right. I got it nearly right. Yeah, so, so we all wish, we've all got our fingers crossed. And we all wish. But that's what we want to celebrate. When, and at the awards uh, back in March, we, we launched a campaign called We Can. Uh, and what we wanted to do four years into Northern Power Women, we wanted to, we know we have a reach of, I know I should be going through yeah, slides yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we've reached millions. So. 35,000, um, you know, we, we, we trended number one in 10 cities at the awards. Um, and across some 23 million impressions or something. Yeah. something. I believe that's fancy. Sandy Lindsay, you'll tell me that's fancy in social term, won't you? Um, but, <laughs> but, what, but what we did at the awards is we wanted to start to galvanise and start to really capture what people are doing. Not what you're pledging to doing, but what you've actually done or are taking part of, because... Even if it's just that one small thing that you're doing, the sum of all those parts adds up to something that's really impactful. And that really starts to galvanise and prove that in the North, we don't kind of just lean in, but we really crack on and we try to work together to make change. So um, if you haven't already got, there's a, we've got We Can Bags um, for everyone at the back, so please grab one of them. They're great for your shoes when you're trolling around, aren't they? They're really good. They're great for when you go and you don't want to pay five pence for a bag, you know. You should, that's where you take these. We're going to save the, save the climate. We'd also like you to complete one of these. And again, just that one thing. You know, I know, Emma, you started a new job yesterday, didn't you? Congratulations, down at Media City. And I, and I said... Bring, bring some, and you brought somebody from uh, the landings as well. So, uh, Holly, sorry, I thought that's where I had to smile. So, you're really welcome. But bring someone with you. That was your we can. Bring someone with you. Introduce somebody. Um, mentor somebody. Recommend somebody. Push somebody forward. Sponsor. Open a door. Whatever it is, please tell us what you're doing or what you've done and pop it in here. It can be anonymous, it's not a problem, but then we'll socialise it because what that becomes is it becomes addictive and it enables and engages other people to do something. I make, and you think, oh, it's only a little thing, I'm not going to shout about it. Sally Penny's here, everyone! Oh. Oh. Day, what I'm going to do for Sally Penny in the future, I'm going to put a different time on the <laughs> People know you, Penny. Uh, but She's please. <laughs> But please tell us what you've done and what you're doing, because you should be proud, because it all does make a difference. So thank you very much. Um, just to let you know about a couple of things that are coming up. Um, also this evening, um, we've got uh, my brother David here, and the students from Burnley College. Uh, they were at the awards, they created the video, which I'll show in a second. Um, and they'll be capturing your weekends as well, okay? They'll make you do some daft things, I think, and hello, um, jump up and down and whatever. Just go with it. It's my brother. It's fine. It's, it's all perfectly safe, legal, and risk assessed. Um, if, if any of you have not got your pin badge uh, that we gave out at the awards, I know I've tried to remember who's here tonight and hasn't had them. Please just come and give myself or Emma a shout. We've got them, we've got them aside uh, for you. Um, and yeah, up, up and coming, we start our NatWest role model road shows later on this month, and we're delighted to be going up to Cumbria for the first event, uh, which is now it's now full I think. We're, we're now on a wait list, uh, so that's on the 22nd of May. But it's no good because it's full anyway. But go on the wait list. Uh, we've also got a future uh, list uh, event on the in June at out at Mawson in June it's on the website it's all good or ask me we'll tell you when it is but please yeah that's for our future list as well so we'd love to see you there um, Sam Walker who hosts and presents 
uh, our podcast has moved to Arizona. There's nothing to do with us, was there? There's nothing that we did. She's still going to be producing it from afar because that is what agile working is, okay? Um, and we're, so today we're going to be recording two little sections for the podcast, okay? They'll take 10 minutes each. Um, but any of you have got any ideas that of, of format or any conversations that you'd like to hear on the podcast? please let us know. If you haven't already downloaded it, you've got to do it before you leave because we'll check your phone. Um, but, but it is about starting the conversation. It's about a different way to engage with what's going on across the North. But more importantly, just thank all of you. Thank all of you for being here this evening. Thank all of you for being amazing role models. Thank all of you for looking out for other people because it really does make a difference. Before we do, I introduce our guest on the podcast. One thing that I had to do is you had to do a selfie. It's kind of a law. Um, but the other week, I couldn't do any week canning. A year ago, Emma just started. And now we have a little fledgling team here, punching well above our weight and trying to do magnificently big things. But we can only do it with your help. But I just want you to thank and show appreciation for my fabulous team as well. <laughs> A big thank you to Simone and to Nicola as well. Now, the first of the conversations of the evening was hosted by Stephanie Burris, CBE, Chief Executive of a Head Partnership, and Faye Ijaware, front-end developer for DWP Digital. And they discussed the struggle of work-life balance. Good evening, everybody, and hello, Faye. We've just met today. Yeah. Um, just to explain what we're going to be talking about, um, a topic I think will be very close to all of our hearts, um, taking time for ourselves. How, how many of us actually do enough of that? And how many of us struggle to do that? So um, I have to say I don't feel I'm an expert at it, something I've struggled with over the years. Um, but it would be very interesting to discuss that this evening with Faye and share our thoughts on the topic. So yeah. we thought, first of all, we might introduce ourselves. So, Faye, do you want to go first? So, my name is Faye. <laughs> she just said that. <laughs> so, I am a software developer and a founder of a local community group. It's something I'm very quite passionate about. Tell us a bit about the community group. So, um, for me, my journey into tech was something I would always say to people was an happy accident. It was something I wish when I was in college, university, or even high school, something I wish I was taught about that I could do. I always thought working in tech is similar on the, on the same level as being a doctor. I always thought you need to go to, like, school of, like, computer science after uni and so much work was involved, but... It wasn't actually. It's not. It's not as complicated as it sounds. And for me, I'm always very passionate about introducing that to other people that might not have the same opportunity that I have not. So I'm very, quite passionate about trying getting people to try it. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But then they might. So yeah. Are you based here in Manchester? Yes, we are. Yeah. So um, I founded Code and Stuff on, in, on International Women's Day, actually, this year. Um, it was something that it's been six months in the pl in planning, and it's a weekly meetup. So we meet every Thursday here in Manchester at Jago Land Rover, which is just not like three minutes walk away. So if anyone wants to come give it a go, come come join us. So yeah, great. Um, and just to introduce myself, so I'm, I'm Steph, Steph Burroughs. I've come over from Leeds, uh, so I run a social enterprise that's based there. Uh, I founded that um, 16 years ago, and we work with employers from all sorts of different sectors and link them into projects with young people to help inspire them um, about the future, show them what sorts of job opportunities there are, what sorts of skills they'll need, help them make choices that are aligned to where jobs are going to be. We're doing a lot of work around tech, yeah. so it would be really interesting to pick up with Faye afterwards and talk about that. Definitely. Um, I wasn't always in this, so um, my background's law, so I was a commercial lawyer. I started off in the city here down in London, and I moved up um, to Leeds in 1996 when there was an explosion in, in sort of professional financial services in big regional cities. Um, I became a partner in a big international law firm, I jacked all of that in to, to start um, a head partnership, which is the organisation I now run. So, um, so we're going to talk about this quite knotty issue about taking time for ourselves and 
this is in the context of quite a lot of uh, reports that we see um, constantly coming out from government in the press about how productivity in this country, and particularly when you look at the north compared to places like London, is really poor and compared to European countries. Yet we're working far more hours than our European counterparts. So how can that be? And are we just ending up as sort of hamsters on a wheel? Um, you know, why is this a sort of particular trait of our British working life that we're working more and more and more and not necessarily achieving anymore? So really the first question is, is, is what, what can organisations do, I think, to encourage and help their employees to focus as much time on themselves as they do on their work? I think for me, this is something that I do very regularly. I always make sure I take time for myself. I think when it comes to working officially, um, they don't always make it like you have to do it. <laughs> and I think that's the one thing. Um, they don't promote it as much as, oh, you have to come to work on time, you have to do so much other things. And it's something that's really important because when you're not happy in your job and your stress is going to reflect on the kind of quality of your work, and I think um, employ employees or companies really need to actually take take into consideration that people have so much going on in their in their like personal life. But at the same time, we also spend a lot of our time in work, and it's making sure people people are working in a really comfortable environment as well having a space even in work that people can go to just to like chill I always find that's very important to me anywhere I go it's very it's something that it's always on my list of pros and cons when I'm considering working for a company if they have a space that people can actually go to to just even to have their lunch it's very important if you're going to be spending. I know a lot of people say we only work for like eight hours a day, but that is a lot. That is a long time to be somewhere. And if you're going to be spending literally, I know some people that have been with the company for 16 years, which is a lot. 16 years is a lot. It's a long time. If you're going to spend a lot of your time there, it needs to also be a safe, safe place and somewhere where you can actually relax and do stuff. And I think in terms of having a work-life balance as well is really important. And I think for me, it's making it, saying it's okay to take a break. A lot of companies don't want you to always take a break. They always say, oh, we have to see how the schedule feels. And I think it's also important for staff to be able to like, you know what, I've, I've been working out of, um, how many days in a year? 365 days in a year, you get 20 or 25. That is not really a lot when you consider stuff, and especially for people that might have families as well. It's it's not that much, and it's making it okay. That's okay. You know what? Take time for yourself and come back refreshed and ready to go. It's it's important as well as just making sure you're meeting like goals that been set as part of like training and development. So, and I think it's just that message is just quite as important as well, and. I've worked for companies where they have perks, like in things like um, uh, yoga and stuff like that, but it's not always convenient for other people. And it's, it's like, I love yoga, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't, it's not something I want to do during work hours or anything. I would like to do that in my personal time. So some of the perks might not even be relevant for a lot of the people. It's just making sure for those people that things aren't regular, there's other stuff they can do, like maybe even having like a family day out a year or something, people can bring their family in together and stuff like that. I think it's, it's, it's definitely quite important and something a lot of, in terms of, a lot of companies don't really think about uh, that aspect or even ask feedback or just maybe even having your staff, like what would you like to do for like a, a staff day out and things like that, not something structured that HR's kind of put together. No offense if anyone works in HR here, by the way. <laughs> so that's my thought. So it's a cultural thing. Yeah, I think it's... I Within think a business. Yeah, it I think... It needs to come from the top as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it, it definitely, there needs to be a lot of emphasis that it's okay to take time off. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I work for like, I've been at the co-op and a lot of people don't actually take their holidays because mm -hmm. there's so much going on and, and they, it's, you can, you can carry your holidays over. 
certain things, which is completely fine. A lot of people don't 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 enjoy taking time off, but for people to do, it's just making it as as important as the general mission, just because it's important that staff are happy. And part of that is making sure people aren't that stressed, because there's a lot of stuff that does go on outside of your work life, really. So, how do you take time for yourself? I know you say you're not quite good at doing that, but how do you take time for yourself? I've got better at it over the years. I think it's fair to say. But, um, yeah, I went into a a very, I suppose, full-on career um, as a commercial lawyer, very led by the demands of clients and needing to be available to deal with, you know, their questions. And and that that kind of pace of corporate life. And and then I went from that into founding and then uh, expanding across the country a business. And so um, I now have that um, that I carry around with me everywhere. Anybody here runs a business that they've founded? You know what it's like. You never really leave that behind you it sort of follows you around everywhere worrying about it and so on and I think um, for me one of the questions about life balance work-life balance has has been linked with I don't know stress about work worry about work I think a lot of people take worry home with them about work it's not necessarily that they're working massively long hours it's that they're taking anxiety from work back home with them and it's then intruding into that sort of personal space um, and affecting I think all sorts of things so I've I've not in the past been terribly good at managing work-life balance and um, I've got better at it and I think it's probably different for all sorts of different people but for me um, what has worked has has been I've definitely had some coaching and, and mentoring around this over the years but, but setting myself some goals and objectives. I'm a real sort of goal-setter type person. Once I've set them, I've got to achieve them. So setting some goals around my own time and, and stuff that I'm going to do that's not work-related um, was, has been really helpful. So one of the things I did to combat stress um, was take up the harp. Now, I recommend that to all of you. I bet you weren't expecting me to say that, but it's an incredibly soothing experience playing the harp. Lovely to listen to, lovely to sort of play. Um, And so taking up an interest, taking up a hobby, setting yourself some objectives, doing things with other people, actually, getting that balance. If you've got a family... Um, you know, often you'll be you'll be very very busy with with all the demands of, of a family. I haven't got a family, and so that's part of the difficulty of work sort of taking over and intruding. Is when do you actually cut it off? So I think those techniques for me have have worked, and taking up outside interests, and also having a really good team uh, that I work with, and being far more comfortable now, and maybe because I'm older as well, in delegating and not thinking I've got to be the one always that does all this work yeah. uh, and I'm not the one who's always got to be worrying about the business and that actually everybody who works for the head is, is equally committed and we could share that and I think that's a really good and healthy thing. That's good. So um, what tips would you offer Faye to anybody who felt they were struggling with work-life balance? So I think for me, it's like this is one thing that I do. I am the queen of taking regular breaks from jobs or studying or whatever. It's, I think one is to reassess what is going on in your life. There's not, I think a lot of us rush through life. Like there's like a medal waiting for us. There isn't. Um, and it's something that I learned. Like in, in college, I took a gap year off and did absolutely nothing. My mom was like dying. It was like, what are you doing? Why have I gone wrong? Um, and I was like, what, what am I rushing for? There's not like, there's not like a deadline that I have to meet. And it's just, if you are struggling, it's, it's reassess what you've got going on. If it's the money that you need to be able to take a break, start saving up. And that's the one thing I would say to like a lot of my cousins and stuff. I'm like, save up a little bit because having that financial freedom gives you the key to be able to do whatever you want. And I think for me is I join a lot of traveling. So one thing I like to do if I need to take a break is I love to travel. Traveling gives you such a great outlook on life when you see things. It makes you kind of feel small as well. Like when you do travel, depending on where you go, it gives you such a like a fresh outlook on life 
join traveling groups, join things that you kind of like, like to do, or even though you don't make it, like join things that interest you. Like find a group online on Facebook, or um, there's loads of meetups, there's loads of stuff. Even if something on the weekend that you can do, it's, it's that simple. It's, it doesn't need to be very complicated. I'm thinking about the, the weekend campaign. What, yeah. what, um, what do you think we can do to help each other highlight this issue? I think it's just supporting each other. Make it like it's okay. Don't judge somebody. Make it like, you know what, it's okay if you need to take 10, 10 days off and do whatever, go hiking or go to the lakes or whatever. Don't. I think also as women, we, uh, I think probably like we tend to take things so seriously and it's just realising it's still, when you do come back, whatever you're, you're, you're stressed about is still going to be there when you come back. It's just, well, maybe not, you might feel better about it or have a different outlook on it. And I think it's just, I would say, supporting each other, like it's okay to, to do what you want to do and you know what and just I think that support is really important just having people like you know what it might be a really sh- bad sorry just almost it might be a really bad decision but you know what I'll support you <laughs> and then I'll be there when you come back to your senses and I think that's really important sometimes and lucky for me I have friends that you're like you know what it's okay we'll, we'll be there to catch you when you when whatever blows up will be there and I think it's it's that important being supportive of each other it's it's so much I don't know how to emphasize that how important that is yeah, having a good network around. yeah yeah Brilliant, thank you uh, to Faye and Stephanie. Stephanie uh, joined the Power List this year and Faye joined the Future List. And you've just started a new job this week, is that right? Uh, third week in, oh, yeah. And I took three weeks before I started. I was like, you know what, I've just left a job. Not in the great things that were happening. I need some time to myself. And I was like, you know what, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's, it's that simple. Just a week, two weeks. Well, thank you so much for starting our conversation this evening. And for our second conversation, which I am without doubt is going to be lively, because we're going to be talking about do organisations care about, are scared about gender. This is going to be fun, isn't it? So please welcome to the stage new transformational leader winner this year, Chiang Helby, um, futurist and commended agent of change, Stacey Copeland. And... Um, these two are a bit shy, so you might have to kind of huddle in, cause, but, we'll, but we'll see how it goes. So over to Stacey and Adrienne. Thank you. Hello. Can we get a woohoo before we go? <laughs> Welcome back to that. Uh, I'm Adrienne Kelby. As you can see from the text behind me, I'm the Chief Executive of the Office for Nuclear Regulation. Yes, that is nuclear health and safety, and it's much more interesting than most of you think it is. Uh, And I'm also a patron uh, for Women in Nuclear uh, across the UK, which is a charity which seeks to promote women in an industry which is about 80% male. So I've done loads of things. I've been a a PA, a typist, uh, a bookkeeper, a show jumper... Uh, a trainer, an assistant trainer, a training manager, a deputy chief executive, and a real chief executive, uh, all one after the other. And believe you me, I'm as astonished that I'm sitting here as any of you. Uh, I'm not astonished that this amazing woman is sitting next to me. Uh, can I introduce you to Stacey Copeland, who some of you might know if you're from around here. Uh, and I recommend that you pretend you do, even if you don't, because she's going to tell you who she is. <laughs> I think it's brave putting a nuclear person with a boxer in it. It's pretty, pretty explosive. Um, yeah, my name's Stacey Copeland. I'm a professional boxer um, and uh, currently uh, only one of 25 female UK professional boxers. Um, and I also run Pave the Way, a foundation that um, is all about sparking social change, challenging gender stereotypes. Um, and I'm really fortunate... Um, to work with companies such as Curtains. We've got Rhiannon here from, thank you, Curtains today. Um, And many, many of the people in this room have really helped me um, along the way. And that's one thing I've... Of, of any stereotype about women that we're all, as soon as anyone's doing well, someone's trying to pull your hair out and poke you in the eyeball, just is not my experience whatsoever of successful, strong women. Um, we're actually pretty phenomenal at supporting each other, helping each other, giving each other leg up. That's certainly been my experience and, and certainly as with loads of the women in this room. So thank you to everyone um, who's been part of that. And I hope loads of you get that opportunity today to, 
to because with all these like-minded people and all this you know energy and enthusiasm you've got to make the most of it so uh you know meet as many people as you can today because it's uh northern power women's just a magical thing for that it's great and and on that topic um I find it difficult to believe, but there are still some reports uh, that suggest that individuals don't believe the UK has a gender problem. Uh, are they in denial or um, are there underlying reasons that you think they don't see the evidence? I think there's a couple of ways of answering that question. In some cases, I think people can be in an environment where it is fairly equal, so perhaps they don't notice that it's not for other people. Then there are people who are in a very unequal environment where there's really fixed gender roles but it's all they know, and they don't see anything wrong with it, and it never gets challenged. So they maybe think it's okay. Um, and then you get people like me, perhaps, that are in between, that I get the, you know, the privilege of going to loads of stuff like this, where I see loads of people who are galvanised and passionate about it, and I think, yeah, loads of stuff's happening, and then I go back to my extremely male-dominated sport and look at my Twitter, and I think, yeah, we've got loads more work to do. Um, and so... In, in my environment, it's a bit of both. That I get to come to stuff like this, where yeah, it's great, but I go to you know a lot of my experiences remind me that it's you know I don't know that using the word denial is right or not. I think some people, I think you'll all feel the same. That once you've seen this stuff, that it's there, you can't ever unsee it, yeah. and you do look at it through that lens. Then, um, and so I think I think that's perhaps why some people don't don't see it. I think that awareness is key though you know you, you don't see what you don't see and unless people tell you and, and challenge you then you haven't got a shot. Essentially my, my sporting background is show jumping um, and it was actually a, a win nuclear uh, Cumbria launch event uh, just over a year ago when uh, a gentleman said to me you know is it of significance that your sporting background was in one of the few sports where women and men compete as equals at all ages and it just hadn't even occurred to me. Uh, but I think that probably was part of the we should just be equal and just frankly get on with it to the best of our abilities. So uh, I'm glad I wasn't getting punched in the face at the time, though, I have to say. It's, it's true because I, I was having this conversation with a triathlete and she was saying that it really didn't really occur to her that there was any differences because that is one of the sports where it tends to be fairly equal. And she said it hadn't really affected her career, but for me, it most definitely has. Like last year when I won the Commonwealth title... <laughs> became the um, <laughs> and um, it was a great experience because I got to go to Zimbabwe and win it and um, you know became the first British woman to do it but I didn't have a belt uh, because they made replica belts for women and gave real belts to men and they were no longer producing the replica and I was told that um, you know it was it was expensive for the real belts if I had a sugar daddy perhaps I could have one um, anyway they've created a women's belt now and and, you know, but that's, right. that's the kind of thing that, that, that we uh, absolutely need to change. Quite right. In terms of um, workplaces, do you think that people are frightened to influence change because of the backlash or the comments that people might make in certain industries if they try and influence change? I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I do speak for a lot of men and women who say to me that they don't say what they think a lot of the time. And, and certainly when I had the, the gift, as I now recognise it, of becoming patron for women in nuclear... Uh, I, I really thought about saying no because I was worried about being associated um, with something which seemed niche. And then I looked at the, uh, you know, the, the nuclear industry in this country and realised that if people like me weren't prepared to stand up and fight and influence and cajole for what is you know, basic equality, then I couldn't really expect anybody else to do so. So I think it, it can affect us uh, in ways. You know, I speak very personally on that. I, I made what I think is the right decision, hopefully not just for me, but for Wynne. Uh, but, you know, it was there, and, and that really is a sobering thought for me, that um, I have had the, you know, you're a raging feminist levelled at me ever since. I'm not really sure about that. I'm not sure what that looks like. I think I'm just doing the right thing for everybody, for women and for men, yeah. by being an inclusive leader and by being somebody that wants the best for everybody. Uh, but, you know, people take their own views, I guess, and on that. I think that. that's not true, this idea that by helping one group, you take away from the other. That's not true. Um, you know... Obviously, I'm a white person. I don't lose anything by us making things better for ethnic minorities. And men don't lose anything by when we make things better Definitely. for women. It's just better yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So I think that's a myth yeah. as well. But the, the, the point... <laughs> it's very interactive, this session. We like it. The point I would make, though, about fear is that our, our brains are hardwired to um, assess risk and, and to keep us out of risk. Yours probably isn't working, uh, frankly, in your job. <laughs> 
But, um, you know, it's, it, it's programmed to keep us in a comfort zone and keep us away from risk. And, and I think the problem is that our brain is so many hundreds of thousands of years out of date that it's assessing risk in a very inappropriate way. And, um, you know, what I, I want to say is that we, we assess sometimes fear of embarrassment or fear of upset or fear of looking stupid uh, as if it's a tiger outside of our cave. And, you know, we either avoid it or, or worse, we fight it. Um, so I think my philosophy on this is, is really pretty simple. Difficult conversations are not tigers. Uh, you know, it's, they cannot eat us, and I think it's our courage to have one challenging conversation at a time and to do the right thing, even if it feels a bit awkward or a bit difficult, that, you know, stands us apart, and there will be times when we're hurt, there will be times when people are a little bit mean or when we're embarrassed. But you know what? I think that's life. That, that should never diminish our ability to stand up, to rise up again, and to crack on. And I think for you know, your point about our organisations um, being a little bit politically correct, frankly, uh, I think they are, and I would encourage us, if we're not sure, if we're saying something or behaving in a way that we shouldn't be, ask somebody. And you know, if, if you see somebody or you are the one, then, then, then stop it and get some feedback. But this is much more, I think, than fear of upset. This is about recognising the UK economy needs everybody to play an active part of all descriptions. And frankly, that requires power women like us to stand up for the rest and pull everybody up so that we can rise together. Yeah, I'd add a couple of things to that. One, that, um, I think sometimes what we can do is wait for other people to make change happen and hope that they will and expect that they will. Um, change just doesn't naturally happen. We don't wear seatbelts because we just all realised it was safer. People had to do loads of testing, they had to bring laws in, they had to bring consequences in if you didn't. We don't smoke in public places now, not just because people went, mm, probably not good for you. You know, people had to push that forward and that's like us. Now, we might be pushing social change some of the time. Gender pay gap's more of a, a literal thing, but whatever it is, that, those, all those changes and the, the betterment of society has come about because people have pushed for it. So change just isn't an inevitable thing. <clears throat> Every single one of us has to be part of it. And in terms of the fear, I have fear when I get into... A, there's, there's no fear like it in your life, like getting in a boxing ring. I can promise you there is absolutely... And I'm, I'm part of a family that are pretty scary, so I know fear, but there's no fear like getting in the boxing ring. But I also know that there are times when you want something that badly with every fibre of your being that it's enough to overcome any fear. Yeah. And there's a lot of women here who feel like it might be those interviews you've gone for, those promotions, people who've rode across the Pacific, who've done the marathon, disabs, done incredible things, overcome mental health issues, whatever it is, whatever their own mountain is or whatever that they've had to climb. For me, every time I get in the ring, it's frightening. Every time I speak out on these subjects, it can be frightening. And for all of you, you'll have those battles. But if you know your why, and you know why you're doing it, and you really, really passionately believe in it, that will be enough for you to overcome any fear, any negatives, any self-doubts, any imposter syndrome. That will be enough for you to overcome it. So we have to know our why. We have to stick together on it and support each other. And that will be enough to bring about change. And that's why change is happening, because of the people because in we're this doing room it. who know the why and overcome the fear. <laughs> do you think organisations know what to, to do, though? I mean, how do, how do they know how to fix uh, an inequity? I think it's different for every industry. Women weren't allowed to play any instrument other than the ladylike violin in orchestras. The Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra didn't allow women until 1997. At first, they started having auditions behind a screen to level things out. And they realised that men were still being picked through these auditions in large numbers. And they realised it was because of footwear that they could tell the women who had women's yeah, footwear on. Story, so yeah. then they removed footwear and then suddenly even out. So you might have to have subtle ways to approach unconscious bias. The suffragettes had to go about it in a different way. That was there to fight tooth and nail. So I can only re really talk with any understanding about sport because that's the industry I'm in. It should just be, when we're at the Olympics, we talk about men's javelin, women's javelin, men's long jump. When we should do that with mainstream sports. We should say, tonight we're covering the men's England football team. That, even that suggestion tells us there's an alternative, yeah, like exactly. a really good women's team. Also, particularly with the BBC... I think because 52% of the licence payers happen to be women, it just should be automatic that 50% of the coverage is women's sport. Simple as that from yeah. now on. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, I really believe that role models are absolutely critical. And if we don't have visible role models at all levels, prepare to speak out and just prepare to be decent, mentoring human beings, we are absolutely stuffed. So that's why I've got events like tonight. And I think we it's really important because whenever would I get to meet a woman who works in nuclear? Right, that's ace. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, when would I have... When, I mean, there's got to be something you can put in my gloves to, like, give me some <laughs> hand. got to be... But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that off record. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, do you think, in support of um, the Northern Women, uh, Northern Power Women's We Can campaign, what have you done or continue to do um, to support gender diversity? I think it's continued for me. Um, it is about continuing to just not take no for an answer and to ask really challenging questions, to call things uh, when I see them, and to ask people to call them when they see me not being my best self. But I think that, that stands for all of us who are in this room today. Um, you know, I think that organisations can be quite scared of the gender question. Um, I think it can be off-putting. And, and to really see the impact it's had in, in my organisation and the sector in the last three years has been an absolute moment of pride for me to, to see us go from one of the lesser employers of women to, to, to breaching the 30% tipping point, 34% women in ONR. Uh, only about 20 or so when I joined three years ago, at all levels, an equal board, a good management team. And, and for me, to create the environment where everybody is happier. And, and I say again, this is not about women for women's sake. This is about making a great corporate environment for every one of us to work in, for men to enjoy paternity just as women enjoy maternity, for us to enjoy working in teams where there's excitement and, and life and diverse views <clears throat> and fun and actually being able to really enjoy work, which to me is part of how we manage to do the incredibly difficult things we do with the stress levels that can come with that because actually we make an environment that is right for success. So that's what I'm going to keep doing, creating the conditions for success for every one of my team, but highlighting that we have a road to go for women because it is not a balanced playing field at the moment. What about you? I just live and breathe it, really, because it's, um, it's affected my life since the very first time I walked in a boxing gym um, because it, it was illegal for girls to even compete when I was a little girl. Um, I didn't get to go to the Olympics because... Um, they didn't have equal weight categories. I didn't get to the, go to the Commonwealth Games because they didn't have equal weight categories. I couldn't play for the school team. I had to have my hair cut short and pretend to be a boy to play on the, on the school team when I was a little girl. And then I even get to now... And I think the most important thing for me is two things, really. I want to be the role model that I didn't have as a little girl. I'm deeply, deeply passionate about being that role model that wasn't there for me, for boys and girls, but predominantly for, for, for little girls who were like I was. Cause, and I was made to feel ashamed of who I was and feel like there was something wrong with me for all that time. There is some stuff wrong with me, but not... <laughs> not, let, not let's, let's not talk about that here. Yeah. Um, and I also want to be able to go back to that little girl that I was and say, do you know what? You're going to get called shim she male people are going to make you know assumptions about your sexuality about your femininity about this about that you're going to be told can't play on the school team you can't go to the olympics you can't go to the commonwealth you'll even achieve your dreams and make history win a commonwealth title and you won't get a belt and that pivotal most amazing moment won't be the same and all of that is only because of your gender i can't rest until i know i've done everything possible to go back to that little girl I was and say, I've done everything I can to make this difference for the next generation and brought as many that. people along with me as I can. What an amazing point to finish on. I absolutely love that. We can make it better. So good job. Pleasure. Cheers, Jim. So we can... Take questions. Take questions. <laughs> See what I did there? You just rest up. So, Stacey, you've just you've just had an operation, haven't you? Your last week, yeah. Yeah, and your healing. Sports not good for you. <laughs> at all. We talk about the previous question about well-being. How are you looking after you? Um, I've never had a physical injury that hasn't affected me mentally, and I just I'm not a happy person if I can't get that daily exercise. It's it's also the second operation in six months because I had to have my hand repaired from the Commonwealth title fight. So. I haven't got much time left to achieve everything that I want, so I'm really frustrated at the minute because I'm impatient. I've, I've got loads of stuff to achieve and these things are holding me back, but it's part of sport and I've just got to use this as an example to you know, the younger athletes in the gym and the young girls coming through of how you deal with this yeah. adversity. And then my plan is that in October or November in Manchester, we're going to have a world title fight and I'll become Manchester's first female uh, boxing uh, world yes. champion. Yeah. <laughs>
with my nuclear gloves. Don't tell anyone. Adrian, how will we get? Yeah, how will we get the nuclear into the gloves? We maybe might won't put that on the podcast. I, I think. <laughs> we could, yeah, I think no actual nuclear material because I'd be fired and then it would be less fun. <laughs> so, do we have any questions from the audience? Oh, Sally Penny, just wait a second. Danielle is going to come launching at you with her microphone. All oh, right, it feels like a microphone. Hi, I'm Sally Penny. Um, hi. Um, uh, firstly, um, thank you. That was a great um, conversation for us all here, both your sides. And Simone, thank you for putting on yet again uh, another great celebration of the future list and power list. And I'm delighted to be part of this ongoing um, success. But I am a lawyer, so I do have a question. Um, uh, so my question is really about um, how do we, so both of you, how do we really engage um, the men and their boys to appreciate what we're really trying to do here uh, and if you've got any practical tips. So two questions. How do we engage our, uh, engage our male colleagues and particularly the younger members? Uh, and the second question is really what's next for both of you? So just how do we engage the men? Any top tips and what is next for both of you? For me to kick. So I'm not sure it's any different to how I engage the women. Uh, you know, my engagement is about creating an inclusive organisation that is going to kick ass. Am I allowed to say that? I've done it, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's not having a conversation about women and hoping, you know, that we can sneak it in as some kind of side dish. And, you know, I, I, I've been quoted as saying, you know, inclusion and diversity are, are main dishes, not side dishes. So they come up front and central. I know that not everybody feels the same, but with my leadership style, it, it's just kind of difficult to go around me with things that are important. You, you maybe even have a sense of that tonight. So, you know, from staff survey uh, issues right back when I joined in January 16, with, with, to be honest, survey results that I went home and cried about. I'd never seen such sad results <clears throat> off the chart high in some things and really awful in others around leadership. Um, I'd never seen scores that, that had just a single figure in around leadership. I thought there was a typo. Uh, I wish there was a typo. Um, and, you know, what I can say is that by putting in inclusion uh, at the heart of the way we run the organisation, at the heart of how we think about the organisation, we've seen our leadership scores go from, you know, the bottom of the bottom quartile to well into the top quartile and in some cases into the top decile in three years. So the practical tips is don't make it a thing over here. Make it a thing right there in people's faces and make it something for everybody so the conversation is about inclusivity for the whole teams. I think getting role models, you know, we've covered that. You have to have people who are prepared to speak out. And, and the one thing I've, I've done, uh, which is perhaps a little bit different in ONR, is try and have much more one-to-one -one conversations with people around the organisation. Uh, that alarmed people a bit at first with the chief exec arriving on the floor saying, have you got a minute? Um, but I think if you don't create bonds with people uh, they don't then have the confidence to call things that have been around rotting carcasses of issues for decades so for me I think giving people a personal confidence in leadership as well as the organization structure <clears throat> you know all of you can look up the internet you can all google everything you like there's packs out there there's advice there's guidance there's stuff about how to fix your recruitment how to fix your social media how to use imagery that is positive there isn't a pack that's going to tell you how to be a really genuine, authentic, decent human being. And that is the thing that's going to tip us over the edge. It's not about process. It's about mindset and attitude. Don't bloody take no for an answer. Um, I don't know about quartiles and stuff, so I'm just going to swerve that bit. But in, because I've played football and done boxing, so many of the most unbelievable mentors and influences in my life have been male. So I can't think of it as separately. Um, I only went in the boxing gym because my dad was a boxer, my granddad ran the gym, all my cousins apart. My, every boxing coach I've had bar two have been male. Every football coach I had bar one were male. Um, and they have been some of the best teammates, supporters, coaches and influencers that I could ever wish to have. So I don't see it separately. And I also get a lot of women who, you know, like the one on the radio the other week who said, I'm all for women doing what they want. That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> and then said, but why do you want to be a man? And actually thought I might be doing everything that I'm doing to be another gender. And, you know, the fact that we still think like that. Um, 
and that I wouldn't just want to be an extraordinary, amazing world champion woman in my own right, that I yeah. just want to be an average bloke is, is odd to me. Um, <laughs> because I think, like that saying, you know, women who you seek to be a male lack ambition. You know, if that's all you want to... You know, I don't know. But um, I've had loads of incredible influences who are men, so I can't think of it separately. And I think, almost like what you're saying, we just need to deal with it in the same, in the same way and just be, you know really, you know, realise that it's just better for everybody if everybody can, can rise up together, like the, that thing about, you know, all ships rise on the tide or whatever. It, I, I really believe that. Yeah. I think it's true. Yeah. And, and one more question, but we're not, not with four parts, though, Sally, just say. Any? Yes, Sally. Oh, Faye. Just, just, wait, for, Faye, just wait for Danielle to come. <clears throat> Thank you. Why nuclear regulation? It's really cool. <laughs> uh, well, as you've gathered from the, the short outline, um, I dropped out of, well, you won't know, I dropped out of college because it was dull. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I got a job in Carlisle when I was 17 and off I went, and I haven't had a day out of work. I'm the opposite to you. I don't actually like time off unless it's holidays. I, I've never had a day out of work, out of a job ever. Never a day off sick. Um, but I landed here through a, a, a completely random um, intersection of, of amazing people, of, of amazing opportunities. I work bloody hard, um, and I've, I've had a lot of humble pie along the way because I, I wasn't, you know, I've still got a lot to do, but I was even worse 20 years ago. So, um, you know, for me, a, a combination of training and just being prepared to, to do new things. Um, my last four jobs have been in four different sectors altogether. What so, made you put the nuclear one then? Um, they phoned me on a day where my last uh, job, I, I was in a bit of a strop. Uh, it was a sheer good timing. I'd been, I'd been told off, I won't give the details, but I'd been told off by somebody not in my company uh, for holding somebody else to account who happened to be a bloke. Uh, and it really irritated me. Uh, so while I was being irritated, a headhunter happened to catch me, and I said to them, "No, I don't know anybody who could, could who, you know, who could do that job." And then that was the Friday, and on the Monday, a different person from the agency phoned and said, "You know, I, I give you the subtext. You're a bit of a dummy. We meant you." <laughs> uh, and by that time, I'd, I'd frankly festered <clears throat> over the weekend, despite going to my stable base of the water and trying to chill out and relax, which is how I centre myself. Uh, and then the more I looked into it, actually. Everybody that was saying, it's so boring, Adrienne. It's full of, like, you know, grey, stodgy food and men, and, uh, which is entirely untrue, actually. Um, Just describe Rob. <laughs> she didn't mean you. Food's, the food's OK, and the men are really clever. Um, but the more I looked at it, the more I thought, this is, a, this is a whole sector full of bright people with innovation, with science and technology, all the things that I never got encouraged to do by teachers, uh, you know, engineering and math and so on. And I absolutely love it. So much so, uh, I've just signed another three-year contract. So I could have got out, but I've gone for the, I've gone for the next championship for me. So uh, three more years. Just wondered. Because that's where we have a thing called an Inspiring Women's Day every year that we did with Pave the Way and, and Curtains yeah. this year, the engineering company. And we had loads of women who came who've done, who work in traditionally male-dominated yeah. industries. Um, and... There were so many jobs that the young girls, you know, they were like high school students, I've no idea even existed. And we even had a pilot one year, a female pilot, who said um, that one day when she'd, you know, when they do that thing when you get on the plane and they say, hi, everyone, we're going to be... Well, the daughter, they go, hello, we'll be flying at... <laughs> so they sound more like Sally than me, but then they go, we're flying at such an altitude and... Uh, and they have northern, they have northern women the on the flights too, you know. People got off the plane because she was a female pilot and people just point-blank refused to be flown by a female pilot and she was saying, like, that's some of the things that she's shocking, had to it? deal with. So r rather than pretend that unconscious bias is there, we might as well accept it is and think, what can we do about it? But that's why people yeah. like you are dead important and the women that we have on the Inspiring Women's Day to even let these young girls know this is an actual career exactly. and it's a career that you can do. Otherwise, how are they even going to know it exists for them to do? And that's we do that a lot, actually, yeah. in, in Office of Nuclear Aid, and women in STEM nuclear. STEM are like fantastic women in tech, important. all at construction, engineering. I think they're getting really, really amazing now at, 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 at doing it, and sport's part of that movement too, and they all, I think, complement each other because it's, it's all about the it's same thing, day. ultimately. I, I do want to say one thing on it, because I get that a lot, like, you don't look like you're nuclear. <laughs> whatever. People say I don't look like a you know, boxer, whatever. they probably think I do, really. <laughs> They're just scared. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, but 
when You're I... not a model? <laughs> And we're all role models, Stacey. We're all role models. Yeah. That's the best I'm a model, we're all on the front. But the point for me, when I went to ONR, um, I was an unusual choice, and a lot of folk, I think, thought it was a bold choice, um, because my background isn't in nuclear, it's not in, in science or math or, or all that really clever stuff that people do, but my background is definitely in people. And it's definitely in leadership. And, and you know, my, my years as a trainer have been the most useful I've done in any, any job I've had since. And I've, I'm blessed I've had those, those opportunities. But what I can say is that I think even most of the doubters in the early days can speak to the results that we've had, which is an improved morale, an improved productivity, and a happier organisation that gets more stuff done. Um, and that's what I think we all stand on. It isn't us talking about stuff. It's us just showing what we're capable of through our team, so I hope that helps. Is that like, we can, Adrienne? We can do it! We have done it, we will do it, and we can keep doing it. So thank you both for being part of this amazing conversation. Thank you for sparking the debate. Um, A round of applause for both of our conversations. This room is, is full of everyone. You know, we've got media specialists, we've got marathon runner extraordinaires and ultra marathon. So, so we've got some amazing, we've got some amazing sports people. We've got some award-nominated engineers. We've got some fantastic legal brains. We've got utilities. We've got digital. We've got construction. Actually, we have everything in this room. You know, this isn't about what do you look like or what does uh, financial uh, services look like. Actually, we all look like ourselves. And I think the most important thing is that we all recognise that. We all recognise our own responsibilities as a role model. So we can all go back to our younger selves and all did the best that we could do to make that change. So please enjoy the rest of your evening. Talk to strangers. Please talk to strangers. Make new friends. You just do not know what might happen. But thank you for your time this evening. There's some fantastic canapes. I've made them all myself. <laughs> all of them, that's how talented I am. Uh, please stay for a drink. And please, 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 could we grab pictures in front? So if you are, whichever power future list you are in front of the boards, it would be great to get a nice snap as well. That would be great. But thank you all so much for coming. Simone Roche, the founder of Northern Power Women, finishing off the discussion there. A big thank you again to Stacey Copeland, professional boxer and founder of Pave the Way. Adrian Kelby, the CEO for the Office of Nuclear Regulation. Stephanie Burris, CBE, Chief Exec of Ahead Partnership. And Faye Ijoare, front-end developer for DWP Digital. Now, before we ride off into the sunset, just one more thing to bring you from this brilliant night of celebration as we asked a number of people who came along to name one woman who had inspired them. Anne Miller McCaffrey, um, born in Liverpool, made in the Royal Navy. I want to give my big shout out to Maggie O'Carroll of the women's organisation in Liverpool um, because she has such vision and such determination to get things done. Hats off to her. Every time I see her, she inspires me and I just wish her all the best and hope that she has lots more success in the future. My name is Sarah Williams and I am from Tough Girl Challenges and I'm the host of the Tough Girl Podcast, which is all about motivating and inspiring women and girls to be fit and active, to travel and explore and to take on big adventures and to step outside their comfort zone. Oh, there's so many women I want to give shout-outs to because I interview such incredible women, but amazing women from the Northwest. I'm going to start with Natalia Cohen, who is a great friend of mine, but she's also a member of the Coxless Sport. She was one of the four women who rode across the Pacific Ocean. There's also a documentary on Netflix, which is well worth watching, and it's called Losing Sight of Shore. It is an incredible testament to women working together as a team, overcoming big challenges, overcoming fears, and going out there and achieving their dreams. Hi, I'm Jo Sheeran. I'm from KPMG. And I'd like to give a big shout-out to Laura Smart, who's one of my uh, fellow directors here at KPMG. She's just the kind of person that, you have, if you're having a bad day, she's there for you to, you know, have a chat with and give you advice. Um, and she's just brilliant. So, well done, Laura. Thank you. 
so I'm Lucy Dowley. I work for United Utilities. My shout-out tonight goes to Adrian Kelby, who was absolutely fantastic representing women leaders in STEM industries. She could have not said it more perfect about being authentic and an authentic leader, and it's not about the stereotypes. It's not about doing gender equality for the sake of being politically correct. It just makes damn good business sense. And I'm from Mike, which is a podcast production company. The women that I'd like to nominate as brilliant are everyone here who, as women, we've all got our different challenges, barriers, whether that be motherhood or gender pay gaps or not having a voice. So, yeah, everyone here is awesome. I'm Nikki Baragla from Prevent Breast Cancer. Lorraine Clinton for supporting so many women working tirelessly in the Northwest and uh, introducing us to each other. My name's Valerie Allen. I'm a commercial director at General Welding Supplies and we supply engineering equipment to industry. And I'd like to give a shout out to my friend Kate Barrett from Thoroughbred Management. She is an independent financial director. She goes into companies and troubleshoots and sorts the organisation out. But interestingly, she uh, also raises greyhounds. And when she retires them, she takes them home and she's currently got eight at home. She does lots for charity and she's an amazing person. Hi, I'm Rachel Beattie and I'm the co-founder of Caro. And my shout out is Annie Mabaco from the Hero Works Institute. Uh, she helped, she's just been, ever since we met, she's just been an amazing support. Um, yeah, she's just been amazing, so thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Laura, I'm co founder of Crow, and my shout out is to Heather Waters, been there from the start. Yes. We love her. <laughs> so I'm Hollywood, and I'm a blogger and founder of We Blog North, and I'm from here in Manchester. And I'd love to shout out fellow mum boss and just total extraordinaire, Catherine Astor-Libet, and she's the founder of the Girl Tribe Gang, and she's based over in Leeds. So I'm Leslie McPherson, I'm Director of Communications at the Co-op Bank, and I'd like to give a shout out for uh, two women, actually, at the, at the bank. One is Heather Lauder, who was part of the Power List back in 2016. She's been someone who's really shaped the bank in our interaction with customers and has been a real mentor for many women around the bank as well. Um, one of whom is Natalie Housby, who's in my team at the bank. She's one to watch in the future. She's from Manchester. She's an excellent communicator, great stakeholder engagement and is a real star of the future. Hi, I'm Michelle um, and this is Stacey. Hello. <laughs> Um, we just want to give a shout out to all the women of the north, to be honest with you, because as Stacey said, I think uh, all the Northern Power women deserve a shout out, and that's not just the ones that are successful in business, but the Northern Power women who are raising the next generation as well. So, you know, all the Northern Power women that are mums that maybe don't get that recognition in the workplace, but are doing incredible things in our community um, by, you know, everyone really, teachers, NHS staff, emergency services, all the people who we don't, you know, don't always credit and don't get to come to this stuff maybe, but who are really the embodiment of Northern Power Women and the, the solid foundation of the North. So big shout out to all, all the mums, nurses, everybody who does a fantastic job in the North. And a shout out to opportunities like this because as a new businesswoman, which is apparently what I am now, it's a um, great experience and great exposure for me. Um, so I want to give a massive one to Simone and um, Rob and the team. And um, all from Stacey's Nana, Michelle. Michelle's my new Nana. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joanna Barnard and I'm from Virgin Money. I'd like to shout out Emily Cox. She's truly amazing and inspirational and led all of the work in the Women in Finance Charter. Great work, Emily. Okay, my name is Kusum. I'm Senior Engineer at WSP. In my other time, I manage WSP Foundation and STEM-based activities. I would like to give a shout-out to Najwa Joahar because she has won 14, 15 awards nationwide and she's truly inspirational uh, to come up at the front and present her work and create a brand for herself. Uh, she, on social media itself as well, she has a very active Instagram and LinkedIn profiles as well where she inspires you 
to do something better, to challenge or push boundaries. Hi, I'm Annie from the HeroWorks Institute and I'd like to shout out the CEO of my organisation, Natalie Jameson. She's such an amazing, awesome person, full of energy and has come out with an absolutely brilliant idea and together we're going to take over the world with it. Hi, I'm Anya from PwC and I would like to shout out a former boss of mine called Kate. We worked together in Paris and she was an incredibly inspirational female founder, taught me so much um, and we've stayed in touch in the years since. I'm Debbie Francis from Direct Rail Services. I need to give a shout out to Stacey Copeland, who is truly one of the most down-to-earth, practical, but engaging people I have ever heard talk about the subject of equality in, in any industry whatsoever. She's amazing and everybody needs to listen to her. A brilliant roll call of inspiring, trailblazing women there. Maybe you even heard your name. Well, thank you so much for listening. The next full episode of the Northern Power Women podcast, episode 24, will be with you on Monday, June the 3rd. And until then, I'm Sam Walker, and this is a What Goes On media production for Northern Power Women.